Record. Let's get started. Uh, we're right on time. Wow. How, so you guys are both still at the lake. It looks beautiful there. It's raining here in Toronto a little bit. A little bit of light oh, shower activity. Yeah. Oh, I didn't. Yeah, I've the, changed locations. I'm uh, off the patio and up on the deck here. Uh, yeah, different perspective. In case you know, if it starts to rain here, I'm covered. But you you will hear the pitter patter. Mm-hmm. Okay. I got a, the first thing I saw this morning because I'm on my way to New Brunswick. The first thing I saw this morning is an email from Air Canada. We're monitoring your upcoming flight. I'm like, really? <laughs> why, why would I would I would hope so? I don't want to get on some plane that's gone rogue. But then I read the email. It says you have an upcoming flight linked to uh, YYZ Toronto that may be affected by thunderstorms and air traffic control initiatives. And then I look at the forecast, you know, being a pilot and all. I don't know if you knew that. And uh, there aren't thunderstorms in the area in any way, shape, or form till way after the afternoon, like 6, 7. So I guess they must do that um, on the off chance that there is going to be a, a, a flight affected. Yeah. Well, they're just, you know, precautions, giving you the heads up. You know, Maybe. If, they d- if they didn't and something happened, you'd probably be annoyed that they hadn't. Maybe that they send that out to everybody now, <laughs> regardless. <laughs> you would have been on the phone with a manager screaming. About no, no, something. no. I'm not the on the phone with the manager guy. That's you two. I could care less. Yeah. Um, yeah. Speaking of flights and uh, buddy Doug called me the other day and. Uh, he was concerned. He reviewed reviewed our flights to the Dominican in February because of all this uh, COVID talk now, and it was good. He was he was being uh, yeah, he was being smart. He wanted to phone ahead to see if our if our flights uh, were canceled. Then what would the options be? Because this uh, EG five is it? Um, Doctor Isaac uh, Bokosh, that guy that pops up on the TV ever so often. He says we're in a wave. Uh, the, uh, you know, the wastewater is uh, a bit concerning. Anyway, he looked to see what our options would be. Say we go into another lockdown or flights are shut down and everything, which I don't think it'll get to. But it's going to be on people's minds this fall. Again, as uh, you know, it's bad news and it's a little disheartening and hopefully it doesn't, you know, explode, but it's a thing. It's a thing, boys. And this is EG, this is EG5, it's called? Yeah, yeah. God damn EG5. Yeah. Could be EC5, but I don't know. (laughs) I read something in, uh, uh, in America, the, uh, disease, you know, disease control people or whatever it is, have mentioned that people who are 80 or in that in that category, more mm-hmm. really feeble kind of diseased up, <laughs> would, yeah. which much would like your, like, your, like yourself, <laughs> yeah, would be <laughs> benefiting cool. from a uh, back to the mask, back to the mask. You well, know, I've been seeing a few people. I was at a grocery store. I think it was uh, the day before yesterday. I've seen a few more people. Again, aged, diseased up. It says you call them. I've seen a few more with masks on. Yeah, uh, yeah. again, precautionary, and I guess people get a bit freaked out by it. Um, I don't think we could ever have shutdowns again. No, 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 we're not doing that. No, we're not doing that. But I'm going to go get a booster. I think we we learned a lot from the 
from the first ones. I don't think it would ever come to that again, but we might have to go through some aggravating exercises along the way. I uh, don't know if you heard me. I'm going to go get a booster when I get back next week or the <laughs> week after. I'm going to go because I'm, I'm ready for my fifth one. I couldn't get it before because I had some uh, whatever my heart was doing. I was on some medication. doesn't matter. Uh, Dan, I can't remember. Are you, are you boosted up? Or are you still like four boosts in? Or are you three? Or where are you? I'm four. I'm four in. I think. And Freddie, you're four in. in yeah. Are you four or five? No, I'm five. You're I'm five. five. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have run into a few more people this summer. I think I told you a few weeks ago. My buddy Tom, I was going to go over there for dinner, and he got COVID. Then his wife got COVID. They got it at a cottage. A lot of people are, of course, mingling. Definitely a few more cases than I than in sort of in the last year or so, just in people's social circles. Well, here's the concern, according to the doctor. You know, we haven't started to go indoors yet, and it's popping a bit, which is a bit of a concern. Again, not crazy. I think it was something like 8% or something, which is low on the COVID uh, scale of wastewater. But it's popped enough that we, and we haven't even really started going inside and gathering. How's that for a job, Dan? You know, when you're a slave, sometimes you got to think about that. Like one, you know, on the days you're really having a tr- difficult issue with like a toilet being installed or you're doing one of your painting jobs. Just think about the wastewater guy. What's his gig? Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, I'm going to go check out some wastewater today. I'm going to go. Want to come? <laughs> That's right. No, the, the guy who does the, the, the woman or man who does the wastewater gig isn't. T- no, they're not taking their grade nine to work. Yeah. yeah. Those people honey, honey, do you, honey, do you want to watch daddy go through the wastewater for COVID? No, it's fine. There's all problems. There's all kinds of systems now. I don't think you sit there and like, no, I think you do. Test tube. <laughs> I don't think you scoop a test tube into poopy water. And get a little think, eyedropper thing. I think you have to taste it like a chef. This has got a bit of a this got a bit of a COVID tang. Yes, that's definitely COVID wastewater. Oh yes, this is def- this has a definite COVIDy. Uh, Dan, are you uh, emotionally and uh, physically ready? You've fin- you've had your your toast. You're ready to uh, start the show. Had my toast. I'm ready to go. And let me take a sip. And take a sip of water or mm-hmm. take a coffee. <clears throat> and now here's professional broadcaster Dan Duran. This episode of Humble and Fred is being broadcast to the world from our state-of-the-art Humble and Fred studios in Toronto. From our well-equipped trailer facility in the Kawarthas across from a canoe hanging from a tree. And from the hobo trailer next to it with a nice lawn. And is brought to you by Bodog, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Aaron Ventures, evnet.ca, Architect Outdoor Living, Palma Pasta, and Stretch Lab Toronto. And now here are two men who were thinking of watching the U.S. Republican presidential debate, but need time to need to time how long it takes for that thin film of water to dry after wiping a countertop. It's Humble and Fred. Carla Collins joins us today. Haven't heard uh, from Carla for a while. She's always a great guest and very funny, kind, sweet. There's a person with a sweet heart. I listened to uh, some of her new album last night, actually. And uh, Pandemic or something? Yeah. Um, Did he send it along? No, no. I just saw it. It's called Pandepic. Oh, Pandepic. Okay. Yeah. Oh, Pand... Oh, I get it right. You see, Pandepic, yeah. 
No, I just looked it up. I thought, oh, would Carla be on, uh, you know, like Spotify? Like you could just uh, call up her album like um, any other comedian. And yes, there it was. Okay. And uh, recorded at the Elma Combo. That's right. She was in town for a while there doing some Elma Combo stuff. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, the bits I heard from the Elma Combo, the uh, newly renovated Elma Combo. Yeah. Yes. All very professional. All very professional. She's very, very good. Um, speak, and we'll, we'll get, I can, I'm glad uh, to know I can call it up on uh, Spotify. Speaking of Spotify, I don't know if you guys know that on Spotify, there are hours and hours of this stuff. Um, can you hear that? So that is, that's called white noise. Mm-hmm. Um, that's been on there for a long time. There's also brown noise, which is the, the these are apparently, wait, wait, don't, don't get it. Don't get ahead of this bit. Oh. <laughs> that's okay. So, but, but both brown noise and white noise are, are sort of, uh, auditory, uh, Aids, Dan, for you to go to, to help you sleep. And, and right. Spotify's got tons of them. I've known about it for a while, but I found this article that says internal documents from Spotify show that people are spending three million hours per day listening to white noise that plays ambient sounds like waves crashing or bird sounds, or in this, just, this case, just noise. And some of the creators are earning up to $18,000 per month from ads inserted into this audio. And what wow. I was, then I, my, I was going to say, what you and I should do is put on some hours of fart noise. Mm-hmm. But brown noise also applies. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought there's a way for Humble and Fred to make some money is that we just do a few hours, if you're, if you're in the mood, for fart noise to help you sleep. Apparently, those who suffer with tinnitus, that helps. Like if you're lying in bed at night and everything's quiet and that ringing is aggravating for you, you put on the white noise and it helps you drift off. Yeah, your mother had that too, didn't she? Had a little tinnitus. Yes, uh, Fred Ball has it. Didn't you say Lisa has it on some degree too? Huh? Girlfriend or Lisa has it. Darren. Yeah. yeah. Well, what is? How does that manifest again. itself? What is it? What is it? You're just always hearing a noise in your ears. You know what it's like when you go, you know, when you used to go to a rock concert and then lay in bed at night and yours would be going and it would be gone in the morning. Did you ever have that? I did. If you're around loud noise, like at a club or something, and then your ears are ringing when you get home. Lisa Lisa used to sing in a a band and that, and Mm -hmm. she blames that. Uh, her tonight is on uh, next to being the drummer or the bass guitar whatever it was some speaker was too loud whatever she used to sing but you know one of the things that she ha- I've, I've suggested and she's done and it sometimes works is there's out there you can find a frequency and I think it's a YouTube video or something you can yeah. listen to just the tone for a little while and like the white noise, but it's a specific tone. And then you listen to it for a period of time, and then, then it goes away. It kind of cancels in your in your brain or nervous oh, system. What's the frequency, Danith? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. It's probably in the 1 to 5K range. Oh, oh that's, I'll bet it is. Well, that's what these are. Uh, the, I just switched, by the way, seamlessly to brown noise. Um, I, that's, what the, that's what these have. They have a frequency... Danith, that uh, can help lull your your brain into uh, slumber. 
and these I, two and sounds. I, and I invite you to take advantage of that, Dan. Well, I, I may have to try that one day. These two sounds you just played. In my audio career, I have spent time trying to eliminate them from the audio chain in the past because those sounds like it's like they're noise at the floor. The yes, I floor. see. Yeah, you, you spent quite a bit of time trying to get rid of the brown noise. So have we. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> now that we're back so, on farts. Um, <laughs> it's so funny. Um, brown great noise. moment. Great moment the other day. And, you know, Humble and Fred terms live on through generations. My granddaughter, May, is down on the hammock. And then all of a sudden she gets up and she walks up onto the deck, like sort of weird, like funny. And her mom says, what's wrong? And she said, I flourished. <laughs> oh, that's great. May says, eight years old, I flourished. So they had to deal with that. And I thought, that is funny. That is funny. Because my kids have used that. You know, when flourish was quite popular, that oh, yeah. term back in the, what would that be, early 2000s? Whatever. Uh, 90s, I think Late it 90s. goes back to the 90s, flourching. Flourching, flourch. We came up with a term, you know, when you fart and juice came out. That's mm-hmm. the way we explained it. You would call that a flourch. And uh, my kids have always used it. And now my granddaughter, I found that quite amusing. That was one of our longest running bits where mm-hmm. we would debate and you would get angry with me because I claimed it never having flourched. Right. And it went back and forth for quite some time. Remember that guy gave us those T-shirts? They were long and they had an arrow pointing down. At the back, there was an, uh, there was an arrow pointing down that said flourch. <laughs> Do you remember that? I, I don't. I think actually. I still have it in a bin. Yeah. Oh, no, yeah. I don't. Yeah. Well, I don't recall that. Just because you don't, don't remember doesn't mean it didn't happen. Yeah. No, I really? Is that what that, <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Um, to, uh, Singapore topped LinkedIn's uh, list of fastest countries to adopt AI skills. Joining Singapore in the top five are Finland, Ireland, India, and Canada. So we're so we're part of that now. We're uh, fastest countries to adopt AI skills. I don't know what to say. About there's nothing to say. Thing. Just know it. Here's the thing well, I didn't. That's disturbing, you know. Well, we got. There's lots of things that AI does that uh, aren't going to take away Good. people's jobs, right? Um, but here's another weird story. This, these are just some headlines left over from uh, some stuff I gathered this week. You know, if, if somebody asked you, Dan and Fred. Dan Fred, how many subways there are in Canada? Hmm. What would like here? Here's the thing: the number is so fantastic as to be. I, I would have thought if if one of you said there's this many subways, I would have said no. Nah. How many subways do you think there are, Dan? Well, what Two. is a subway? Like Toronto's Sub- is a subway? Do you mean that? Like how many subway have shops? Subways? Subway sandwich oh, so, shops. Oh, I thought. Yeah, I thought we were talking about transportation systems. So sorry, I sorry, sorry, I didn't make that clear. Because <laughs> there's Toronto and there's Montreal. Uh, you know, I, I that is that's on me. One. That's on me because I was I just switched uh, I switched gears. I didn't give you any context. Subway right. sandwich shops. Um. Well, we touched on this a few weeks ago. What? That. Well, we talked about. Remember, I told you. I asked you guys what was the. Um, I believe it was on the show. What is the uh, most popular fast food in the world right now? And and I don't Subway. remember that. Was it Subway? Yeah. 
So how many restaurants even, do you think? Even beyond McDonald's now. Yeah. How, how many? Okay, I do, I do recall that. So how many uh, locations of Subway do you think there are in Canada? Oh, wow. 5,000. Hey, sorry, go ahead. Dan was 5,000, Fred? Mm-hmm. I said 5,000. Yep. Yeah, I'd say maybe three. Dan is right. It's 3,000 locations of Subway. Subway in Canada uh, has the second most Subways in the world after the U.S. Wow. And personally, I don't get it. Delise can't stand the smell of their baked bread. Like she does. I, the same, I have the same yeah. thing. It's like <clears throat> it doesn't smell like baked bread to me. It's something's no. uh, different about that smell. I don't know. Yeah. What's the other one that uh, I, I think Subway versus what's the other one called? Uh, Mr. Sub. Mr. Sub. See, yeah. if I were to have to eat one of those two, I would go Subway because um, Mr. Sub occasionally. <laughs> Mr. Sub, I remember over the years, occasionally has given me some. Explosive, uh, but Subway hasn't. No, no, no. I like Subway. That's actually. interesting. Yeah. Um, Is it? Hang on. <laughs> yeah, Delista wants no part of it. Not only does she not want a Subway, a sub from Subway, but she doesn't even want to go near it because she can't stand that smell. And as Dan said, I get it a bit too. When I was a program director. <laughs> <laughs> There was a subway just around the corner, and sometimes I'd go get their breakfast sandwich, which, mm. which was, eh, it was just there. But the, again, they're everywhere. Yeah, I, I have reason. one over here on Kipling that I uh, frequent, you know, the odd time, and I'm like in, in a hurry to eat something. It's I find them pretty good. Versus Mr. Sub. Sorry, Mr. Sub. Sometimes you give me a, grandpa gets a diarrhea. See, I, it's never a go-to for me because in Brampton. Uh, I would say around my area, there's a couple of subs, but there's probably three falafel shops. There's four Caribbean. And there's to me, there's no contest. I would rather go get a falafel or a shawarma ahead of a submarine any day of the week and four times on Sunday. Fourteen times. Well, mm-hmm. yeah, so would I. I mean, I'm surrounded by some of the best food in the world. I, I definitely yes. have the best Jamaican food in the city. One of the best places, Alwyn's. But just occasionally, mm-hmm. I'll come off the highway there at Kipling, and if I'm going to get one of those two items, Mr. Sub <laughs> or uh, or Subway, I just think it's funny that for a few seconds there, you guys were trying to name all the subways, transportation subways. I think in Toronto, I know Toronto and Montreal have one. Yes, Vancouver. Yes. This is what I'm thinking. So, what Howard, you get off the highway and you you go. There's a subway and a Mister Sub. And what should I have? Oh, I'll get the one that doesn't make me have explosive <laughs> diarrhea. That's right. So that's a pretty easy decision. That is a good decision. <laughs> hey, here's a place I almost never go, and I can't remember the last time I've been because you have grandkids. You've gone to McDonald's mm. right beside or right off that exit at Kipling and uh, the Gardener. Is also a Wendy's, which I have not been in for a really long time. I, and I'm not sure they, who owns them anymore, but I don't go there. Dan, do you go to the odd Wendy's? No. I think they've got square burgers there, don't they? I do no, recall like their that. Wendy's burgers being pretty good back when I would eat that type of food. Yeah. I remember Wendy's being not bad. And I do like their little frosty things that they have. I drive by Arby's all the time. I never go in. No, you can't go into Arby's. 
<laughs> you, you can't go. That's, you, oh. you can't go there. There. Used, there used to be an Arby's on Queen Street there in Brampton, and it survived for years and years. It may even still be there. And it was like, who does that? Like, all the choices you have, who goes and buys sort of second-grade shaved roast beef? Uh, I never... I think really it does it has something one. to do with the price of it, because... Mm. You know, we're not any better than the States when it comes to that. Like, you know, you... you Yes, if you go to one of the places near me, Best Portuguese Chicken or Pie Commission or All Winds or, you know, it, yeah, it's a bit more money than it would be to go to Arby's or Wendy's or whatever. But the, the quality is so much different. What I don't understand is how the hot dog has never really taken off more than it has. You know, in Brampton, just south of where the radio station was, I forget glidden avenue or something there was a guy in there at a little shop used to uh, sell steamers oh yeah it was really popular and they were so good i think in quebec hot dogs are more popular than they are in Ontario. Yes. is that not true uh, well steamies are they're steamers, very yeah, yeah, yeah steamies <laughs> steamies yeah what okay. is that it's just another name for a um a steamed hot dog and the mm-hmm. bun is also soft yeah, they don't barbecue it or they don't. No, they just steam it's it. It's not fried. It's just steamed. And oh. then they throw the bun in at the end for a couple of seconds. Right, and, and it's and it's really it. sort of moist, and it's pretty good, oh. actually. Oh. It's not good to me at all. Ugh. No, really? I, listen. Oh, no. I get it. What's the matter with you? <laughs> um, what are you saying that the hot dog <laughs> in general hasn't taken off worldwide? I think it's, I think the hot dog's doing pretty good. No, but I'm just saying there's all sorts of hamburger shops everywhere. But why oh, there's no there, hot like, dog shops. Spec- there is? Where? I'm, you know, I, that's what you're saying. There are no like yeah. hot dog shops. Right, I get it. Yeah, generally. Like, why wouldn't McDonald's or Wendy's or one of those fast food places, why don't they have a, a featured hot dog? And look at the way people crowd around the street meat in Toronto. Often it's hot dogs and sausages. Oh, yeah. People love that stuff. Um, obviously, there's a reason for it. They've done their market research. To build a business around the hot dog isn't look at Costco. People <laughs> right. flock to Costco <laughs> for that dollar fifty hot. Dan, have you ever had a hot dog at Costco? I've had the Polish sausage there, on you know, when I've really been hungry. But I no, not a hot dog though. What's the dog, difference between all, why are you so? Why do you think there's a big difference between a Polish sausage and a hot dog? Well, here I'll tell you, Howard. Please, you know you. <laughs> For one thing, I think there's nothing but preservatives in them. That's the first thing. Second thing, I've always looked at a hot dog and I think of those the machines that make it, mm-hmm. they're squirting out some sort of pinkish goo into the casing, and right. it, into right. a casing, and it just just grosses me out. So well, that's not, also yeah. how they make sausages too. You know that. Yeah, but I, I, it seems like they're healthier if it's a sausage. As yeah, I guess to, you're right. Well, I'll tell you what: at uh, Palma Pasta, you can get some amazing Italian sausages. And I've ha- I, I've actually had. I was trying to think. Was the last time I had a hot dog or sausage in the sausage category? Was it uh, Palma Pasta? They have uh, part of their dinner. They'll have a sausage with uh, some beautiful like onions on top of it and uh, some vegetables. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, the hot dog. You know the ones you buy in the grocery store that are just sort of the run of the mill ones. I'm not huge on those, but the uh, Schneider's Juicy Jumbos, they're called. Mm. They're pretty good. good. (laughs) And the Costco wieners that you buy and bring home, I mean, they're jumbo. They can be good, too, if prepared properly. 
you know, mm, with the right condiments and stuff and a fresh bun. Sure. Ooh. Hey, uh, come spe- on, spe- baby, come on. <laughs> speaking of juice, speaking of juicy jumbos, Dan, here's a song <laughs> <laughs> that uh, this uh, this isn't part of our email uh, show, but uh, Rob Westerhouse Westerhoff, sorry. Rob will be counted in terms of the uh, the contest, but he says, uh, "Hi guys, that Jesus is my friend song is good, but this one seems more up your alley." Keep up the awesome work, Dan. Here's a song called "I Hope I'm Stoned When Jesus Takes Me Home." that hope i'm stoned when jesus takes me home <laughs> all right dan duran's news today will be uh featured as always very important uh news of the day looking forward to your return and jesus's return well, i wonder who, who will what, what if today's the day jesus comes back and he does the news <laughs> could be the day you never know that'd be great fred because you'd have because you can see dan from where you are right now right uh, no, act, well, sort of, yeah. yeah. Well, what you'll, yes. what you'll see is when Jesus takes Dan home, the two of them will be floating up over the lake. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the second true. coming, the second coming. Can't wait. There's Dan. See, he just both bailed as soon as we start talking about Jesus or his wiener. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm surprised it took us so long in that discussion of hot dogs to get to Dan's wiener. Yeah, and it was God that gave him that wiener. He should be thankful. Well, when Jesus, hey, maybe when Jesus takes Dan home, he'll say, how's my dink doing? Come on, have a look at that. Let me have a look at that dink, Dan. <clears throat> All right, why don't you uh, do one of your things here? Hey, uh, whether you're a sports better, a horse racing fan, a poker, casino player, Bodog, your number one source of online gambling entertainment from their industry-leading odds, world-class sportsbook and feature-rich poker room to their fully loaded casino and race book, they've been providing Canadian players with an unparalleled gaming experience since 1994. Just about any sport you can think of uh, is there at Bodog for you to wager. Spend some time. It's uh, quite fascinating uh, the type of wagers you can make in the world of sports at Bodog. You know what else is fascinating? The world of getting stretched. You know, I was uh, listening to uh, CNN on, or I was listening to Sirius yesterday and CNN was on and there was a commercial actually uh, citing some other stretching company from the States and they cited a Harvard medical study about the benefits of stretching. If you haven't taken advantage, if you haven't taken advantage of this yet, you might want to look into it because the many benefits include a proper stretching routine over time, increasing your range of motion and flexibility. You know, in the uh, commercial, they were talking about how, you know, being stretched on both sides of your body actually can help reduce muscle and joint pain. And that's what they say is Stretch Lab 2 for $59 right now for a 50-minute stretch. Take advantage of this because it won't be around for long. They're opening up new locations all over the GTA. You also get an assessment with that. Reduce your stress, improve your posture, and improve sports performance. Stretchlab.com in Toronto. You can find a location at stretchlab.com. That's just the way it is. 
so uh, we won't have a chance to have this is our last show beside the uh, email show which will be on tomorrow everyone humble and fred at humble and fred radio.com so it's another humble and fred long weekend i'm on my way to new brunswick and uh so we won't get a chance to talk about the debates after they happen and of course uh trump uh, being the big sucky baby that he is not showing up tonight He's going to do this thing. He's already recorded it with Tucker Carlson. We kind of touched on this yesterday briefly about how then tomorrow he's going to show up in Atlanta. He's going to suck up all the news cycle or whatever they call that. Mm-hmm. But an interesting thing. Sorry. An, inter- an interesting thing has happened. And not to get too complicated, but I don't know if you saw that story this morning about one of the guys indicted in Mar-a-Lago. Mm-hmm. Just a regular person who was doing the boss's bidding. Whilst, and this is, applies to a lot of the people, a lot of the defendants in these cases. Mm-hmm. They were all getting paid. I'm sorry. They were all being, using tr- Trump-provided lawyers. Mm-hmm. And all of this money was coming from a, a fund that he raised off the backs of his silly little followers. And it's running out of money. So he's now pulling some of these lawyers off some of the lower defendants and now they're turning as soon as they get a lawyer that's not trump provided they're going to the authorities and say no no this is what really happened and what do you think about since you're aware of this what do you think about and do not think as i do that maybe there's maybe this is some hope that he'll actually get some of these charges to stick well again you know my theory on it all i mean yeah that's great and what does he think I mean, you get to the people on the lower rungs and take their lawyers away. You don't want to pay for those. What else do you think they're going to do? Because they probably have family members going, what are you doing? Yeah. Why are you sticking to this guy? You're going to go to jail. Tell the truth. Um, but to me, that's two different things. I think it's great that that's happening. I just still have grave concerns. This is one evil fucking bastard, Donald Trump. And they're, they're going to listen. All of those court cases, it just takes one juror to say not guilty. And I believe they have the power. They have the network. He's that evil that they're going to threaten people. Well, I'm sure, I'm sure, obviously, I would say they are. They're, they're already threatening them, you know, by inference, like, you know, the things he's saying. Yeah. You know, the, he's been told by the district attorney in uh, Atlanta that, you know, he's got restrictions on what he can say uh, and or witness, you know, intimidation, etc. And all these. Um, and again, I don't know the guy's name. I think it begins with an I. Jeez. Anyway. You know, a well-known, highly respected, staunch, conservative, former judge. These guys coming out and saying, people, what are you doing? Why are you following this man? Everything he is doing is counterproductive. It's going to hurt our country, and nobody's listening. Uh, and you're hearing that all the time. But, he's, it's again, it's just a different breed. You know, and they also talk about how subtle threats can be to jurors it doesn't even have to be a, it doesn't have to be verbal it has to be walking out of your house and your dog's dead you know what i mean mm-hmm. or no i know you walk out of your house and your tires are slashed or whatever it's just little messages like okay i'm scared yeah i'm not i'm not doing this 
You know, and, and then tonight there's going to be eight people that have zero chance of the nomination mm-hmm. in the Republican Party. And I, I know it's Canadian. It's not Canadian politics, but it is interesting. Interesting. Uh, none of those guys. And I heard something last night that made a lot of sense to me. And I, I guess I hadn't thought of it before, but it does make sense. So what are those people getting on the stage tonight to do? Well, some of them want cabinet positions, you know, maybe vice president. They, they're 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 angry. That's and that all of a sudden, all of that information makes sense. That's why they don't want to ruffle the mega base. They don't want to. They piss off Trump's base because they're angling for a gig. Maybe not Chris Christie, but certainly that other slimy douche. What's his name? Uh, you know, so we, I, he's got the funny name. I'm sorry, his name is funny. And Swammy or and, whatever? Yeah, Bob Swammy. Uh, he, uh, they, they want a, a position in the Trump world. And just to, before I throw it back to you, that's why, by the way, McCarthy, Jordan, all those people, Boebert, mm-hmm. uh, Major, the, the reason none of them want to ruffle the feathers either is and, and come out and say, hey, this is wrong, is just because of that. They want to keep this train rolling, and in order to do that, they have to. They have to. They have to seem to side with this maniac. Well, you've seen the hypocrisy over the past few years. I mean, the clips are out there of Ted Cruz and Lindsey Graham, Graham and yeah. going on talking about what a horrible person Donald Trump is. He. This was when they were running against him for the nomination in 2016. If Trump ends up in jail or something happens that he's taken out of the race, watch them turn again. Yeah, I can't wait. Watch them how quickly they'll start pissing all over uh, Donald Trump. Because now, right, they uh, he's out of the way. So, I mean, sure, they want the base. But if he's if he's if he's out of the way, then maybe it's a whole new ball game. I mean, the, I mean, there's so many hypocrisies. And I, as I've said this to you time and time again, don't don't these people know that people can Google stuff? Mm-hmm. The, one of the most hip, hypocritical things was Kevin McCarthy and McConnell and Lindsey Graham the day of and after January 6th, what they said about Trump and then how mm-hmm. quickly they changed prior to the second impeachment. But this is really the the most uh, I don't know stark example of how how you know it's a cult. Forget all the lies and the the years of you know uh, where where Barack Obama was born, the troops, uh, you know the fact that he lies about so many things. But in that CBS poll, when they were asked people who support him in the MAGA movement, mm-hmm. who they trust. More than their friends, family, conservative media, religious leaders, more than their very own ears and eyes, they say they trust Trump. Mm-hmm. And if that isn't, again, I, I think I was talking to you about this or somebody, how we won't be around. Maybe it was my buddy Lumby. We won't be around, unfortunately, for the, the look back of history, the 50-year look back or the 100-year look back at this. But that's how you know you're in a cult. That these people were asked by in that poll that came out this week, who they trust the most, and they trust him. So how are you going to how are you going to beat that? Well, you raised this question yesterday. How do you get there? Yeah, like what is your makeup? What happened that you could be so easily swayed when the evidence is right there under your nose? Again, it's not hearsay. All these things about Donald Trump, we've seen it. The words come out of his mouth. The actions proved or, um, you know, admitted by people around him, uh, Republicans, corroborated. 
You know, it's it's and yet you come up with a statistic like that. I, I, how do you explain it? It's uh, I'm sorry, it's. But then again, I want to say, you know, you have, you know, mental deficiencies. But to that degree, there's that many people, that many millions of people that have been sucked into this thing. Again, it gets back to what you said yesterday. What what causes this? It's so easy to just call them stupid, but there's a reason that they've arrived at this point. What is it? Well, I've got to believe it's not all of the 75 million that voted for him. I don't believe that. I don't think there's 75 million of those people. I think there's... In the, in the makeup of, you know, whether it's, you know, here in Canada, liberal, conservative, a lot of times people will go along with a party and the leader of that party because that's kind of, they're, they're sort of, they're more inclined that way than, say, the other way. And some people here in Canada would never vote for Trudeau, even though they may not be that big on Poliev. Mm-hmm. You know, it happens. I mean, so in the 75 million people, I don't think they're all the, the mega cultists. But what I'm fascinated by, and again, pardon us for doing a few minutes here on this, because we won't be around once it's over. Well, we we shouldn't. I shouldn't say it. We'll be back on Monday. Don't freak out. But um, what's fascinating about it is the comb over, the orange hair, the lifts in his shoes, the like, it's not like they're, it's not like he's some shining light. You know, when, when, when the Obama cult, well, you, you can call it cultish like it was so the wave of love and affection for that man was cult like in some ways uh, he could do no wrong and even when he did wrong people made excuses for him but not to this degree well not only that there was no evil with Obama there's a lot of evil with Trump that people are following again the way he's talked to Mexicans you know and again his border attitude and on and on and on there's a lot of stuff that's sort of uncaring and downright evil and i think that's that's the attractiveness of donald trump to a lot of americans Hmm. again they think they're going to have the country they once knew back again black people in their place you know keep immigrants out and if they come in you know they do all the shitty jobs and that's what they want, you know, and then they're this pipe dream about their life is better and gas is going to be super cheap. And there's no foresight to it at all. Mm-hmm. Like where the world's going, you know, uh, uh, climate change is bullshit. And, you know, in the moment, OK, you have those attitudes, but just look off the end of your nose down the road a bit. Man, the the world that your kids may inherit. And when I say that, if this guy... Listen, you know, with that electoral college, you know, we say, is there enough people to reelect Trump? Well, yeah. In the right areas. Yeah, absolutely. There is. So he's reelected and then he destroys democracy in the United States. As we know it, it affects the U.S. It affects Canada. So oh, it's really going to affect about, us. <clears throat> well, this is what I mean. So people, I mean, we we're not voting, but people in the states really stop down and have a look, man. Where you're heading, what this guy could do to a country that your kids and grandkids are going to inherit. It's, uh, 
It's frightening. So back to my question yesterday about, you know, to, would really would really like and again, not in a confrontational way, like maybe mm-hmm. maybe a couple because just for everyone's uh, we've talked to our producer, Toronto Mike, a few times about trying to get a couple of these mm-hmm. sort of mega podcasters on the show. But maybe what we should get is just a regular folk to maybe explain to us and have a conversation because in the, in the big cities in America, just like the big cities in Canada, there's a certain style of human being in some of the places where he is popular, where, where those people feel that he is a gift from God and they, they can overlook so much. And I've seen some of those, you know, those little interview things, clips where they, they, you know, these guys are making fun of them, like the Jordan Klepper stuff on comedy central, etc. But, but those people who live in the smaller sections of the red States who don't really have right. conversations beyond you know what you just said black people should be in there you know all this stuff yeah. okay those people don't understand and i've said this to you before and what i find what i find frustrating on their behalf because i'm a very compassionate person but what i have compassion for is that to your point a second ago about he's destroying democracy but he's not destroying his democracy for rich people he's destroying it for those mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. you know and i'll just again i'll finish by saying Joe Biden, as, as, as to, you know, as old as he is, his politics, his policies have actually helped those people because a lot of the people who voted against the in the Republican Party voted against this build back better, whatever that the that plan was called. A lot of those people, even though they voted against it, are taking credit for the impact it's had on the communities they represent. That's how fucked up the system is. So in the end, it would be interesting to talk to somebody from one of those states and say, you know, do you not realize that this man doesn't give two and a half shits about you? Yeah. Have you been on Truth Social at all? Um, No, only in that I hear, I see his tweets. Right. Well, I actually. No, I know you've got an account. Do you have an account? Yeah. Do you tweet or uh, whatever they call it? Do you post? No, not really. I just read it. But anything... All his support, if you look at the profile of the people, it always, it's huge religion. Yeah, of course. Um, you know, their profile will say, you know, um, you know, father, uh, grandfather, and staunch Christian. Yeah, man of faith uh, or whatever, yeah. Yeah, man of faith or um, uh, given my life to God. And it's just, and then you think, how, like, what is that connection? This guy is, he's putrid as mm-hmm. a human being. And yet he's got that market cornered. Yeah, crazy. Yeah. Weird. It is it weird. It really is weird. It, it's weird, but it kind of makes sense. Like if you're, and again, not to disrespect religion, although apparently I do constantly, but. Yeah, you do. I do. But, uh, you know, if you're, if you're willing to believe that, that there's a magical being that's looking over you. Maybe you're also willing to, that's, again, the, the money that, you know, Donald Trump and his family have grifted off these people. Again, I feel sorry for them because the money they're sending in to defend him in these cases, you know, is money they would better spend on. I don't know anything else. You know, um, it's believed uh, what he's doing tonight, the interview with Tucker Carlson, which will be shown, displayed, played at about the same time that the debate starts. That's his apparently final shot at Fox News because that debate without Trump 
is pretty flaccid. Oh, yeah. Because people know even going in, everybody, again, we're, we're not to the point where Donald Trump or anybody on that stage other than Christie and the guys with the lowest percentage of support are going to risk alienating that base. They're not. They're going to play the middle. And it's just disgusting because, you know, just think of the debates traditionally. What you do is you get on that stage and you attack the front runner, whether he's there or not. And they will not do that tonight. Well, I here's the thing I Other read. Other than the fringe guys. No, I know. But also what mm-hmm. I read, too, to, your, to that point is uh, that the, what's the guy called? The moderator, Brett Bayer, who I actually like. Oh, yeah, yeah. He, that, he, because knowing what you said, and I've read this, that mm-hmm. they, that traditionally that's what they do in debates. You'd attack the front runner when they're there. Mm-hmm. And just for a second, let's, there's no, the, the reason Trump's not there is not just to dig at Fox. He's just, he's a coward. He's oh, yeah, a, that too. The, <laughs> a huge coward because, but I've, any, anyways, back to this recent thing you just said that, um, Brett Bayer, they're going to ask questions. They're, he, they're, they will ask those people questions about mm-hmm. their fealty to Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Um, and the question I would ask, because it's, you know, this whole thing I don't understand either, Howard, is, uh, you know, because he's in a race for president, you sort of have to go slowly. Why when the law? I don't get that. If you've broken the law, that's got a Trump, pardon the pun, everything. Like, seriously. It's like, oh, I don't care if you're running for president. This is what you've done, and the law comes first. They are trying. They're trying to get these cases as quickly as they can. They're trying to get them all underway before the, uh, not before the primaries is mm-hmm. are over, but they're they're going to court as fast as they can. Of course, Trump's lawyers want it delayed. You know, the one, last week they wanted it, to, wanted it delayed till uh, 2026. Um, okay, well, now that we've anyway. aired that out for a few minutes, we're done. Now it's time to uh, switch over to uh, this darling, this uh, hilarious, uh, <clears throat> sweet woman. She's sexy. She's kind. She's beautiful. I'm not she's sure if she's one she can, of a kind. I'm not sure she can hear me yet, but I'll just, if you didn't hear her, she's sexy. <laughs> she's kind. She's beautiful. She's, a, uh, I said earlier on the show, she is the definitive or the definition of a sweet heart, a sweet heart inside that mm-hmm. jugs, uh, the jugs of love jugs or whatever. <laughs> whatever those are. Did you just say love jugs? Love jugs. Yeah, I did. <laughs> it's, that's, it's a little early for love jugs for me, but that's okay. I'll take it. She, uh, her latest uh, and greatest uh, comedy uh, offering is called Panned Epic. And we're going to play something from that in a second. But first, please welcome back to our program. Our Thank good- you, Howard. Hi, boys. How are you? Very good, Carla. Nice to see you. Thank you for being part of the show again. You know I love you. My latest and greatest is actually called Reverse Mortgage Cowgirl. Ah, okay, sorry. I don't know if I have that on Spotify here. I've got Pandepic. I've got, uh, where's Reverse? Let me go to, uh, all right. Well, That's okay. Here's the thing. You know, I, I, before we get into the what we want to, I, I had a weird, this, this is a true story. In radio, uh-huh. all, all three of us have had, I'm sure, like radio dreams where you can't get back into the studio. You know, that thing where you're, you're in Fred's case, you know, the, it's time to do the sports and you've lost your copy. Or in my mm-hmm. case, I have the songs ending and you can't get those doors shut. But Carla, I, I've had and occasionally still get them 
stand-up dreams. And uh, I want to ask you if you get them where you where, like I, what I used to get was I was being introduced and I would be going up the stairs to the stage and I couldn't get to the stage. I've had several stand up nightmares <laughs> and also some in my dreams. No, I've, um, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> mine are actually, Howard, that uh, a couple of times is that the audience, I have to keep finding them like in other rooms. Oh, that's um, right. <laughs> that I forget my bits. So, yeah. Well, here's the thing. Like, I, you, you were actually part of one of my stand-up nightmares a few years ago. But this, this is true. So this morning, you know, I, you know, I wake up at four. Then I have that goes back to I go back to sleep for about an hour. And in that goes back to time. I guess you're in my mind. I had this stand-up dream. Here's how weird it was. Judy Croon introduces me. And I've got a bunch of notes. I've got a notebook. So first of all, I'm not sure. And, she, and I, what I realize is she's introducing me as the feature. So I'm like, I wasn't ready to do 35 or 40 minutes. I get on stage with a bunch of notes. And in the audience is you just looking at me, just smiling like, you can do it. <laughs> you can do it, Howie. You can do it. And I'm like, no, I can't, Carla. And then I woke up. Well, there that just go. reflects real life, the time that you had to follow the guy who was graphically yes. filthy. And uh, we did share a look where you looked up to me like, what the hell? <laughs> I was like, go have You got it, how, man. Um, I don't know. What, what is the, the latest one's called? What, sweetheart? Because I can't. Uh, I'm looking at it here. Uh, it's okay. No, my latest one uh, is called Reverse Mortgage Cowgirl. And I'm about to um, record a new one in Dallas in September. But yeah, just because I like saying Reverse Mortgage Cowgirl. Oh, here it is. But, but pandemic is fun. You know, whatever you like. Well, I want to play a couple of seconds here for people who don't know what what they're getting into. How about, <laughs> what, how about uh, something short like uh, a little bit from Mummy Issues or... Is that a good one? Would you like that? I don't know. Sure. Play whatever you want. How about uh, Parallel Universe Parking? You're always, you have very good plays on words, I believe they're called. Uh, How about Parallel Universe Parking, Fred? Here we go. Oh, and by the way, Fred, tell Carla what you did last night. Well, the information we were given, you know, um, Penned Epic, is it? Um, That was the information we were given uh, as the latest. So I listened to quite a bit of it last night in bed. You know, oh. yeah. Well, you're not the only one. <laughs> <laughs> no, and I enjoyed it. Chick Jagger. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, that was that was filmed during that was filmed and recorded, um, you know, back in 2020, literally after my uh, shows at the Elma Combo, guys. So that's right. I just wanted to clear it up in case it like. You know, if a COVID thing came on and it seems like, mm. oh, that was a couple albums. Ah, so okay. So, and no, so it was, yeah, as you say, the El Macombo, too. Porn Again Comedian, that was funny. Acoustic Jody <laughs> Foster. Oh, yeah. I listened to it. Here's a little bit I of... Here's a little bit of parallel universe parking. Now it is my distinct pleasure to introduce your headliner for the evening. Beyond accomplished, absolutely wonderful in countless ways. Please welcome to the stage, Carla Collins! At no point did he mention love jugs, though. No. How are you, beautiful humans? I don't even know what to do with you. I'm uh, recording an album because my last album, Pandepic, uh, was miscategorized by iTunes. And instead of placing it in the stand-up comedy category, they put it in New Age. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, for eight weeks I had Yanni and Zamfir on my ass. (laughs) Enya's still a thing. 
And what was worse is some poor souls who were looking to just zen out to the soothing sounds of the pan flute were treated to me comparing my breasts to the Property Brothers. And <laughs> <laughs> doing an imitation of Mickey Mouse having a full body orgasm. So... <laughs> Like in L.A., everyone is so into this whole new age. Everyone's a guru, right? This is an exact transcript of a conversation between one of my friends and me. Her. Carla, this weekend was really enlightening for me. Because I set a very clear intention and through deep breath work and meditation, I was able to completely open up my heart chakra and receive messages from the Ascended Masters and the Archangel Michael, allowing me to transmute the pain from my past lives and vibrate at my possible highest level, which is so important on my journey in Earthwalk as an empath. Me, yeah, this weekend was pretty cool for me. I started to part my hair on the left. <laughs> you know, I've always admired, well, not always, because of course we had our dark period, but when I began loving you, I've always admired. <laughs> dark period. Yeah, we had our dark period. But I always, I, I really, what I admire about Carla is the um, volume of material. Very few people that I know in the stand up world, almost none, have the kind of. I don't know, just the ability to generate material. And, I, and I, I'm not sure if I've asked you this before. Do you think having to do a radio show every day, does that discipline transfer? Because like, a lot of comics don't write a lot of new material. You are always writing new material. Yeah, I, I think it's um, a combination of a couple things. You know, my insomnia, anxiety, and ADHD. <laughs> okay. I'm awake and shake and I flake. So I get bored easily. Like uh, I always say, you know, forget a colicky baby. I'm a, I'm a colicky adult, so I need to do something new. And I think, yeah, absolutely, Howard. The radio, the years on TV where you had to come up with, you know, in the newsroom, something different in pop culture. And just I just go with things that kind of tickle me. Like uh, where I mentioned the Archangel Michael, I was looking up, you know, because, you know, I love all this. I make jokes about it, but I love the whole combination of comedy and spirituality. I'm looking up the names of the Archangels. I don't know if you guys know this, but it's like Michael, Gabriel, Uriel, Raphael and Joel. And I'm like, (laughs) Joel, is that is that the bro angel who's wearing like three polos and he's on a boat? Like macking on a hot chair playing <laughs> beer funny. pong. Yeah, it's just a bro archangel. So it just depends if something, you know, grabs me like that or just personal trauma. Right. <laughs> you know, the usual. Uh, so yeah. Do you have Do you have writing days or do you carry like a pad and pen? pen uh, uh, you know, a something to write on or a little uh, tape recorder and like. If you're somewhere one day and something funny happens, you grab it right away and then keep it for a writing day or because I know people uh, have different methods of putting their stuff together. I do. I I still love to write old school. I I have pads of paper everywhere. So it just Mm -hmm. and my writing is a combination of a doctor and a serial killer. Like there's no (laughs) way you could decipher it. It's you you would you can't crack the code. Sometimes I'm like, what does that say? And that's my writing. Oh no but now I use a lot of a lot of times now I'm just using notebook on my phone. Because something right. happens, so I want to get to it right away. Well, I also, and this is another thing I've always admired and I find it a bit aggravating is that you have a very, very good memory of a photographic, you have a, a highly, 
you know, more than the average person type of memory. Um, you know, it's funny you say that because I, I have notes that, so I have this notebook and this is yesterday's show and this is today's show. And from yesterday's show, sometimes if I didn't get to something, I'll, I'll transfer right. it. Today, I actually looked at something. I had no idea what I'd said. I'd fucking, <laughs> I looked at it for a minute. I'm like, I can't do this bit now because I have no idea what that, those words, I have no idea. I think it said, thank <laughs> you. I was looking at something. My, my brother's like, what the hell is this? There's a phone number. There are two paragraphs that are indecipherable. And then just the words, Dr. Conrad Murray. Like, I obviously thought it was something funny. But, you in know, with, mind, with a phone in your hand, there's no excuse. Because often, Howard, something will happen in a day. And I'll think, oh, I'll have to mention this on the show. Howard will love it. And by the time the evening arrives, it's gone. Like, you know, I've forgotten about it. Or at that moment, I didn't write it down. Or I didn't make a note of it. You know, two weeks later, you might remember it or whatever, but a lot of stuff is lost when it doesn't need to be. That's for no, sure. Exactly. Um, mm-hmm. So I, now you, you don't need a reason to drop in with us. I always love talking to you. Um, but I always like to know, like, so what is currently going on? I know you're I, I, I mean, I follow you on all the social medias. So I know you're doing some gigs. I know you're, you're you seem to be going to Dallas a lot. Um, are you doing a lot of stand up these days? And we're going to get to the tarot cards in a second. But I'm, I'm just curious. Are you still touring, doing a lot of stand up? Well, I'm about to start touring a lot more, which I'm excited about. And, and I believe uh, hopefully before the end of this year back in Ontario. But uh, here, here's something that, that I thought might blow your skirts up, fellas. OK. Somehow I ended up doing um, a regular burlesque show. Mm, <laughs> and, that's right. <laughs> yes. And uh, it's called <laughs> Trip Tease. Lola Boutte presents. I love all of the... Uh, burlesque names it's always you know bombo paris lola boutte and so i'm gigi hadidn't and <laughs> wow. uh, so i and the first time i did the show i i just assumed the comedian would start the show right and i had to go up halfway through and there's been like three or four pretty much naked ladies young ladies grinding on the stage and it was adorable because my friend said hey make sure you stand in the light a lot of people are moving and i'm like yeah does anyone <laughs> Gives a shit what I look like. <laughs> Wait a minute. So you had you, so you had four hot women, naked hot women, open for you. Yep, just grinding, just like there was a comedian, and then see, there are two comedians in these shows, and one has to hit it halfway through the show, and it was my first time, and people were lovely, thank God. But yeah. I, you know, and so I ended by doing the splits because you know, show the young bitches what I'm still capable of. Wow. And then I thought, well. <laughs> This might be a great, uh, and so tonight I'm giving myself a big challenge where I'm going to do 10 minutes entirely of my character, Soufflé, who is a French lingerie model. And I thought, well, that will be, you know, because she's already in lingerie. That's funny. <laughs> and, and uh, yeah, she plays the crowd. She also does something called Chanelling. That's channeling. And obviously it's not real, but for example, I'd be like, let me tell you a fortune, Howard. Uh, you had just spent a three-day gin bender. Um, in Scarborough with an elderly hooker called Chacha. You're not proud of it. And then I move on. That's like, funny. So, so I'm, I'm going to do that. And then next week at the mic drop in San Diego, I'm opening as myself because I'm the headliner. One of the opening acts is Souffle. That's so, ridiculous. Um, yeah, so that's, that'll be a little challenge. You know, good for, I was going to say, first of all, it's a great bit. I love that bit you do. But, but it's also, what a great uh, thing at this stage, somebody like you has done so many things, still challenging yourself. 
Like, you're, like especially this gig. First of all, I, I wouldn't. I'm not surprised a burlesque crowd would love you, just because you're funny. <laughs> no, you know what I mean. Like, that's a great audience. Well, love not, jugs, love jugs, love jugs. So. That's, that's your other. But you know what I mean. I'm not not just that, but because you have a certain style that they would love. But going to a comedy club and having this character open up for you, and then coming back as the headliner, it takes a lot of uh, takes a lot of courage because not everyone wants to do that. No, I don't, you know, like, the, I mean, two things. One, this is a um, a specialty show called Mistress K's Kinky Comedy Show. Okay, well, there you go. So it, it also lends itself to that. Like, I I don't shove her, you know, into just any situation. Like, here's a bar mitzvah. Oh, no, <laughs> Hello, boys. You're, you're men now. That's right. You know, Hello, so bar mitzvahs. <laughs> <laughs> so um, she kind of belongs there. But, yeah, I, I, I know. I don't know why I do that. Um, but I, I just think it's, it's, I guess it's a bit of a rush. And I guess so. It's the worst thing that can happen, so you bomb. Uh, you know, it's not the, it's the in well, these we, rapture adjacent days, yeah. it's really the least of our Fred, problems. Fred and I take up that challenge every day. What's the worst that can happen? Right. We'll be just like yesterday's crappy show. You said, you said coming back to Ontario. Will you bring that back to Ontario? I might, I might, yeah. You know, souffle is often like if if they can afford two plane tickets, Fred. Yes. No, mm. oh, that's right. <laughs> Just a wig and a corset next to me um, on your camera. So this um, was, but th- yeah. This 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 came in from our producer late last night at uh, like quarter to eleven. So I saw it this morning, and it said uh, Carla's new tarot grigio. <laughs> is that a play on Topo Gigio or no? What is that? I'm sorry, I don't get. I don't get the pun. Okay, well, um, tarot cards, right? Uh, right? This, uh, part of my whole laugh of attraction. You know, you're always been a lovely supporter of the comedic meditation, the chuckle and chill. Do it. So part of I've kind of expanded it under this umbrella called laugh of attraction, where I do comedy and meditation. I do laughermations when someone wants, you know, something particular. Um, and so a friend of mine, Wendell Beaton, she's a spectacular uh, Toronto artist. She's a kind of a well-known chalk artist, like outside the Blue Jays games and mm. stuff. So look at me sitting bad and I'm localizing. Nice. Well, Wendell and her daughter. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, they're, Pat. They're doing, <laughs> they're doing the, they have their own like legit because tarot cards are super hot and a great, you know, everybody loves them as gifts. So she said, you should do a, you know, like a, a comic one. And so I'm just calling them tarot grigio. It's a play on Pinot Grigio. Oh, okay. So that's stupid. Um, so instead of like, you know, the, the, the hanged man, I have the well hung man and, Instead of the devil, I have the douche, and so I've just played around with it that way. So I'm hoping those are done by the end of the by by the holidays, but we'll see. That was funny when Carla just suddenly heard that. Fred slipped into a little Pat Holiday impression. There, keeping it local, man. Yeah, hey man, you got the solid. Yeah, yeah, you gotta keep it local. Yeah, yeah, guys, yeah, 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 local. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, If you prep a solid, you cool the wing. Okay, you cool the wing. (laughs) I remember one time Howard and I were out for lunch, and I said, "Did you know that our former boss's Pat Holiday's name was China Blue on the radio?" And you're like, "Oh, I know, sister." (laughs) That's right. (laughs) China Blue. (laughs) Fuck me. Well, I hope that uh, the tarot grigio. Now now that I'm. Sorry, I now I feel stupid. I was because I, I went back to Topo Gigio. Anyway, yeah, yeah, Howard, I'm not doing 
a wordplay for the kids. I know. Tenzin's yeah. <laughs> love. That's right. Something. Hey, listen, man. Two days ago, I was doing. I did a Gilligan's Island bit for Fred. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> as soon True. as I saw that, Howard, I knew it was a play on the on wine. See, I didn't. I was. Uh, or I didn't. Fred got it. I didn't. You went. Ba- you went back to Ed Sullivan. That's right. right. I did. What was your Ed's, What was your Gilligan's Island bit? Because <laughs> <laughs> no, it was because I happened to be turning. I had the TV on last week. I was watching golf, and then I came back a couple days later, and they were. It was the same channel was showing an episode of Gilligan's Island. So I did a whole thing breaking down Gilligan's Island again. It was fun. <laughs> Well, you know, it's it's so funny with all the whole, you know, women's thing and Me Too and fluidity. For the longest time, like, chicks were in two categories, right? We Well, we, I guess we always have been. It's Madonna whore, right? So it was it was Ginger or Marianne. Yeah. And you get to a certain And I'm like, meanwhile, everybody forgot that there was... There was Mrs. Howell, and that bitch was rich. Yes, that's <laughs> right. Yeah. Who, who had fucking painted on eyebrows? And I just read, how, how could you say everyone did, or everyone's makeup on the island was perfect? Oh, yes. Yes, I was, it's I was, always <laughs> good to be marooned with a makeup artist. By the way, Howard, did you see that explanation? Because we thought, why on the little SS Minnow did they have all the clothes? The right. Howls? But apparently, and I never knew this. They were taking the minnow to some cruise ship or something to be dropped off or something. Ah, I see. But still, the size of that boat, it still doesn't <laughs> add up. No, I know. All see, the clothes. That's what I'm saying, Carla. We're, we're doing some really current material material from the 1960s. Mm-hmm. That's where we get our material it's from. Like a vintage retro. Yeah. Um, when will you uh, think you might be hanging out in Ontario? Because I'd like to see you. I Well, I'm, I'm hoping to, I'm really hoping to be there with, before the end of the year, maybe even early December. Okay, well, I'll be back in time. I might have a gig. I might have a corporate, Howard. A nice corporate um, gig. Uh, I've got a, actually, it's funny because I haven't done anything in a long time, and I got a gig on Monday. I'm hosting a golf tournament, and then a couple of weeks from now, I'm hosting some kind of, uh, you know, I'm a sucker for the Jewish Comedy Festival, so I'm hosting something uh, at that. So I will be back on stage, and maybe that's where some of the stand-up dream anxiety came from but i really did get support from you and i want to know that maybe that's also a subconscious nod to how great you've always been to me i mean since the dark periods ended you know <laughs> i was also just a peach during the dark period i would like people to know that this was a <laughs> yeah, we were the dicks but there were no crips there were just bloods people. that's right we but were just, just douchebags like, why does fred hate me <laughs> And we didn't know. We didn't know why. We just, you know, we were why? just jealous of all the advertising. Exactly. Got, and we didn't. Yeah. Yeah. Again, it was rooted in our own self-hatred, caller. All those bus boards and stuff you had. Uh, none of that. If you're in the L.A. Well, I'd love to share the stage again when I'm back in, hmm. in your hood. And, and so. listen, and, uh, and this time the Wendy's is on me. <laughs> Stop it. Don't spoil me. What, um, what am I, some kind of trophy? Tonight, Carla. <laughs> That's right. Love Jugs and I will be back on stage. Uh, yeah, Carla's doing, if you're in the L.A. Jugs, area, if, listen, if you're in the L.A. area, Carla's doing a burlesque show as her French lingerie model character, Souffle. And uh, we love to, her latest album is not Pandepic. It's actually, uh, what's it called again? I don't have it in front of me. Reverse mortgage cowgirl. It's a very advanced move. <laughs> That's so funny, man. Listen, uh, I always, uh, we always, on behalf of both of us, we love having you on the show. Anytime. And I feel like waking up at four. I will be here. I well, love I you know. guys. Love you too, sweetheart. As Take I, care. As I say, namaste all day. <laughs> <laughs> all right, love jugs. We'll talk soon. Love jugs out. Leave, love you, love jugs. 
<laughs> what a terrible thing to say. I, I say it to her because I know she can handle it. You know, she knows it comes from a place of infancy, not sexism. Uh, you know, do you think yeah, they have I, that? No, I said I forgot that. What was that Wendy's story? You split on Wendy. She didn't buy Carla her. Yeah, because I, I, well, here's what, what it was. We were doing a gig yeah. together. Mm. It's a couple years ago. I picked her up, drove her all the way to Barrie, paid for gas. You know, no big right. deal. And we were we were hungry, and the show didn't start for a couple hours. So I said, well, let's go grab something. And and this is to my point about the last time I ate at Wendy's was Wendy's and Barrie with her. And right. uh, I just went to pay for mine. And she was like, well, aren't you going to pay for mine? I'm like, we, we're not on a date. You know, it's... Mm. But she's been making fun of me for it ever since that I didn't, you know, I would have obviously sprung for Wendy's. You know me, I'm not a... No, I know. It was just too... But I'm, we surpri- were, I'm surprised you would eat Wendy's before you get up on a stage. Oof, Jesus. No, I know. <laughs> That's risky. <laughs> it was risky. <laughs> uh, listen, man, before we uh, get too backed up, speaking of which, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about these fine folks? Oh, the Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan, Canada's number one group benefits plan for small business. Go to chamberplan.ca today. All the information is there. Uh, you know, how you become a member. Uh, there's a little badge there. It says get a free quote. But again, all the information is there. If you want to take it a step further, you can make phone calls and find out exactly how uh, you become part of this fantastic uh, concept where all these small little businesses get together, create the profile of a big business, which makes insurance products more affordable. Yeah, it's great. So your small business can do that. You know, dental and uh, prescriptions and therapies. They have an HR component, which is very, very interesting. Mm. Uh, And uh, mental health, top of mind right now. Again, we could be going into another wave of COVID, and I know it's going to screw a lot of people up. So, again, very progressive. We said that all along the way. It's the Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan, chamberplan.ca. And today, we continue with our series, Boron, Our Friend. Did you know that all plant life, friend, requires boron to grow? Boron is the key to the flowering, pollen, seed, and fruit development and germination itself. It also plays a major part in the production of sugar and carbohydrates within leaves and roots. Fertilizers also contain boron. It would not be possible to grow many crops, especially in areas where the natural occurrence of boron is low without the addition of boron. Speaking of which, boron one might be a nice addition to your portfolio. At least have your Sherpa or our Sherpa take a look at this company, Boron One. Boron1.com. But again, we make no uh, claims of uh, past performance. Is no indication of future performance. Boron1.com is uh, where you find out more about this company that is uh, available for uh, trade. And uh, now speaking of uh, our Sherpa, how seamless is this uh, segue going to be? He's the man with the plan. Hanging out there in uh, Burlington. It's always a pleasure to catch up with uh, this uh, gentle but effective giant. Tim.nibblet at RaymondJames.ca. Hey, Tim. Nibble it. Good morning there, uh, gentlemen. How are we doing? Very good, Tim. Good to see you this morning. Freddie, you're looking a little cold uh, there, unfortunately. Just uh, chill in the air. 
Uh, yeah, it's a little damp, Tim, but to be honest, I probably overdressed for the situation, but, you know, it's on, so it's not too bad. A little damp, you're right. Our Floridian pals would kill for a day like this right now, right? It's so mm-hmm. hot and humid down there, it's just uh, like yeah. our winter uh, warm version. Yeah. That's well, you yeah, know, uh, it's, the climate is uh, aggravating people all over the planet, you know. They're not yeah, a immune. few years ago, Delise and I went to, we were in, um, I guess it was Palm Springs, and the guys that own the Airbnb explained that to us, that they had been originally from Canada, that their summer is like our winter, like nobody goes outside in the summer. Yeah, that's right, yeah. They're just inside, you're just in air conditioning. I've been to Florida a couple times, actually in August, a few years ago, I went down to hang with a, some dudes I know at Orange County National, and I... Uh, Mm-hmm. I had never experienced it's it's like do you ever go down there in the summer Timmy? Uh sometimes not very often. Yeah. I will be down next month for some games and golfing and uh I sense mid September will still be a little crazy warm. Yeah, but no, by by mid September, like I was there in in like a late July August and it was uh, hard to it was you know what even for me hard to golf. Uh this is a great question that Tim brings up today on our discussion. Do you know what you're paying for? When it comes to financial advice or investment management, a lot of people maybe know the term trailer fees or whatever that, but, but maybe this, this is a great discussion to have. What, what, does, what do you do? What do financial advisors do and what are we paying for? Yeah, I, I had a, a great listener who's about to become a uh, great client um, we met with last week. And so it made me think about uh, this. I'm not very creative. I just think about what happened the week before and <laughs> talk about it. But uh, <laughs> that's real life, man. You know, he was with <laughs> he he was with uh, a very reputable brokerage, large, super big company. Does lots of great things uh, using funds from a global leader. Again, very very good, but really didn't have the faintest idea what he was paying for it, and and he was kind of paying full meal deal uh with very bare bones service right so that's Mm -hmm. one of the things you've got to line up so most people you mentioned the trailer fees here howard like the um mer management expense ratio is a sum total of what you would pay for a fund as an example and uh most people don't know what the heck it is yeah um so is that is it easy to explain to someone when they ask what is this going to call what is this going to cost me well sure as heck should be uh no no, i know but uh, again this question is always raised about exactly what am i paying for so what is it a situation a lot of brokers or people that they don't want to explain it to you uh industry standards have changed a a few years Mm -hmm. ago thankfully where it has to be transparent on uh on people's statements, mm-hmm. uh, but there's still potentially some information missing. So uh, right. most people uh, will pay what's called like an all-inclusive rate, right? Where mm-hmm. they don't really see anything going in and out of their account. So they kind of intellectually know what's happening, but don't know what's happening. Uh, as a portfolio manager, uh, we do fee-for-service, so things are transparent, uh, potentially tax-deductible, and uh, you know we prefer it that way because people are more likely to know at least what's uh, what's going on. 
When you say like a la carte, is that do you mean like if somebody if you're if you're handling somebody's portfolio, but they all they they make they want to make a trade or they want to make a purchase outside of that? Is that what you mean by an a la carte type of uh, charge? Right. So there there are some accounts we would call a commissions account. Uh, very low service, very low expertise. You just really execute trades for people. That's not the model we follow, as as you know. Uh, we, we feel we want to give a lot more holistic, uh, advice. So if you own a mutual fund from McKenzie or Fidelity or AGF or, or whatever, uh, they'll have different costs assigned to them. Like a bond fund would cost less to administer. So it would range about one to one and a half percent, probably on average for investment advice and advisor advice. And then when you get into the equities, into the stocks, it can be, to even up to three potentially if it's a, mm. a more unique or more specialized kind of investment. And there's ways to pay gross fees versus net returns. So the, the point that? I want to make there, thank yeah. you, is, is that, hey, you know, at the end of the day, we would pay 5% if we would get 15 back all mm-hmm. the time. Right. Uh, you know, it doesn't work that easily, of course. Uh, but as an example, I mean, I can use ETFs for clients or individual uh, holdings, uh, ETFs, exchange-traded funds. Some of them are very low in cost, uh, but maybe the value's not there as much, right? If you can pay a little bit extra, if I could pay extra to have Howard hit my golf shots for me, I'd probably do that because I get a good value out of that. So money management is no different. The the pros pay, you know, you pay more for them, but you have to decide if you're getting the value out of, of doing that. What's your net, right? To pay no fees and make 2% a year isn't a real good methodology. Mm-hmm. Well, Timmy, I tell you, I would step in there anytime you needed me. Um, listen, I, and, and this, while well, you're, you're sort of talking around it, but is there a definable methodology when it comes to all of this? There's lots of them, um, but, you know, as advisors, we should have one and we should be able to explain to the clients how we create portfolios for them, how we monitor it for them. Uh, we'll talk about this a little bit more uh, next week, but, you know, what's the service matrix? How, how often can you expect to hear? So, uh, again, just go back to this gentleman because I, I know it's not a one-off. I know it's pretty common. Uh, very sharp guy. Uh, pays some level of attention to things, but really wasn't getting any value added yet was paying, you know, the, the mm-hmm. rack rate, the the kind of highest rate possible for what he was was doing so there's nothing wrong with that if you're getting the value if you're getting the expertise if you're getting the service i just wanted to bring it to people's attention to make sure they're not paying full price and getting low uh, value good point well we'll talk more something else to think about and we'll talk more about next week about and i love this idea of leaving the the, the, the thought about are you getting what you pay for because now that we know that you're this is what you're paying for and again it comes up all the time like when well, why should I have an advisor and all these fees but well you know find out if if there is value for what you're uh, of having somebody guide your financial you know I, I know it is for me the, considering the number of times you have to explain things to me there's a very good value <laughs> and no extra charge <laughs> that's right I ask the same questions all the time he's like 
Okay, so let me get a piece of paper, and we're going to explain this to you one more time. Um, oh, come on. You catch on quick. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. It only took seven or eight years. Uh, all right. Tim.Niblet at RaymondJames.ca. Uh, I'm going to be heading out of town today, so I won't see you at Ladies' Day, but I understand it's going to be uh, uh, a little rain this afternoon. Yeah, it's not looking too pretty. We'll hope the escarpment helps us out, of course. But yeah, enjoy your uh, enjoy your travels out to the times, laddie. All right, pal. Thank you. Enjoy the profit, boys. Yeah, great seeing you. Okay, pal. Here's Tim Niblet. You guys making things happen for people. I'm trying to think. Well, uh, I only have one more I'd like to uh, mention, which is Palma Pasta, who are the uh, presenting sponsors of our email show, which uh, we're going to record as soon as we finish recording this show, because I will not be here to record with you tomorrow. 38 years of delivering quality Italian food. I mentioned those sausages they have. Now, those are great sausages. You know, that's why. Yeah. Like, Dan's got a good point about, you know, hot dogs versus sausages. There is a quality difference because sausages oh. are made with, you know, ingredients that aren't like, you know, swept off a slaughterhouse floor. Uh, and uh, Palma's got some of the greatest. Mama Palma's, Mama Palma's recipes also. And the finest ingredients from Italy using Italian cheese to flour to Italian tomatoes. And Palma Pass to four locations, one in Oakville, three in Mississauga, and their signature store where you can do all your shopping which is Palma's Kitchen on Seminuck, uh, catering services as well. And you can order online at palmapasta.com. Here it goes again, Dan. You ready? Palma Pasta. Yeah. Ready? <clears throat> Hang on. <clears throat> Palma Pasta. Like, sorry, I lost my place. <laughs> <laughs> see how fucking nervous, oh, this how, takes see me how back. nervous Dan makes me when we do these things? Because Dan, Dan's instantly judgy. Okay, Dan, here we go. <clears throat> Palma Pasta, Italian tradition, simply delicious. I don't See? know if you need that pause. Fuck! I mean, the pause after a uh, palma pasta, but uh, the, the rest of the line can just use... All right, finally. Uh, palma pasta. Italian tradition, simply delicious. No, no, no. Italian tradition, simply delicious. There has don't to be a pause. Be... There's a comma in the sentence. Well, it's, a you know, it's... A okay, in, okay. In, I, got I got it. I got it. I got it. Okay, okay. Palma pasta, Italian tradition, suck it. <laughs> Uh, okay. At, at this is a point where you you storm out of the studio. Yeah, I go. Listen, I don't need this shit. I got to get on. I got to get on the air in twenty go. minutes. No. Here's to a fella named Dan Duran, a hell of a guy with a hella big wang, the quintessential anchor man. His voice is nice and low. Dan Duran, the anchor man, comes to ask for credentials. He has none. Can't tell a headline from his bum, but his voice is nice and low. Dan Duran, the anchorman's here He's prone to falling off his chair But he's got a big wang So he don't care And his voice is nice and low My voice is nice and low And now live from the lake Just a few feet down from the Fredman Here's movie anchor And producer Dan Duran The moon is hot right now. A bunch of countries are trying to get to the south pole of the moon. There's uh, Russia. They crashed a rocket there by accident uh, last week. The U.S. is working on their uh, NASA Artemis II flyby mission next year. And then Artemis III is landing in 2025. And in about an hour after this broadcast, India's Chandra III will be arriving either in one piece on the south pole or in a bunch of pieces. Mm. Who knows? Big focus on the South Pole is uh, 
is because that's where there could be water. So if you're going to put a base on the moon, you need some water. So they're thinking water. that that would be a yeah. They're water. saying that there's some frozen. Ice. There might be. They believe what? that there's some frozen ice that could be actual water on the moon. What? Isn't that a sting song? Isn't that a sting? <laughs> Isn't that a sting song? Water on the moon. <laughs> um, what is this um, charge like? Uh, when the United States first landed on the moon in 1969, or so they say they did. Mm-hmm, right. um, when they plant that flag, is there some international law that you cannot claim space territory? Like you know what I mean? It's like. Well, the, the funny new land th- is discovered. You plant your flag. Now this is now the United States. No, it's not. Like, but the, the, the U.S. Funny you say that. Not interesting, but funny. Interesting. Oh, funny. Cool, but funny. Uh, laugh then. Laugh. Then. <laughs> <laughs> um, the U.S. wants China and Russia to sign a pact or a treaty of some kind where they will they will not have what you just say happen which is claim the moon for one country or another and all all of the countries of the earth have access to resources etc etc but so far russia who is obviously you know an outlier yeah and china but they won't sign it this is that song i was thinking of by the way you know this song the police yes water on the moon um It's just, again, I, I just this recent um, urgency for these different countries to go there. It's like, what's the deal? Like, is it militarily strategic? Is that going to be the thing where they can put big, huge rockets up there and point them at each other on Earth? Like, Maybe. Oh. Maybe. Uh, Daniel, do you yeah. have uh, any further offerings today? Uh, yeah, I've got a, got a little one here. Okay. Now here's Dan Duran with further offerings. Okay, so there's this guy in North Carolina who's running for office and is currently a GOP gubernatorial candidate. Mark Robinson is his name. Uh, he is also uh, self-identified as a conspiracy theorist. Nice. Mm-hmm. So he's uh, the state's lieutenant governor. Uh, you know, all of the conspiracies out there. He's claiming the music industry is being run by Satan and the Illuminati. He called Beyonce's music satanic and described Jay-Z as demon- mm-hmm. demonic. Mm-hmm. He also believes in the idea of reptilians. Now, I've seen reptilian. This showed up before, but I don't really understand what the conspiracy theory here is. So I decided, let's look into it a little bit. Let's investigate. Where did this come from? Well, apparently it was popularized by a guy named David Icke or Ick or something along those lines. A British conspiracy theorist who claims shape-shifting reptilian aliens control Earth by taking on human form and gaining political power to manipulate human societies. And he wrote a book in 1999 called The Biggest Secret, Tall, Blood-Drinking, Shape-Shifting Reptilian, reptilian Humanoids from Alpha Draconis. Mm. That star system uh, now hiding in underground bases are the force behind a worldwide conspiracy against humanity. Most of the world's ancient and modern leaders are related to these reptilians, including the Rothschilds, the Bush family and the British royal family. Well, you can believe that part of it. (laughs) Anyway, he's uh, he's given uh, talks in 47 countries up to uh, crowds of 6000 people on this subject. Now that it's been explained, I'm in. Makes sense. To me. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm not surprised in the least. Mm-hmm. Of course, that's where Al- Alex Jones got it, but the reptile yeah. people. 
Um, I saw a thing yesterday where uh, a bunch of uh, people, you know, part of the MAGA cult idiots, uh, believe that uh, if you got the Moderna or you got the Pfizer vaccine, you're no, it's changed you and you're no longer human. You'll understand. You're Borg Moderna or Borg Pfizer. That's what these people call you, call us. Yes, wow. we're now part of the Borg Collective and we're all being controlled by Big Pharma. Yeah, wow. Makes, makes sense to me. I, listen, yeah. I, if Big Pharma wants to control me, that's fine. Can they just take care of some shit around the house, too? <laughs> Come on, Big Pharma. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, Big Pharma. Well, they've already, if the, if the Big Pharma's, that was their intent, they've already, they're already controlling us because there's all the other medications we've all taken at some point in our lives. It would have been easier than, the, than that. Way that. easier. Like Tylenol or Advil. Advil, exactly. Put something in those, right? Or, you, you know, know uh, I heard, uh, yes, I think it was on Smartless, um, Mark Cuban was on. And, you know, one of his recent projects is pharmaceutical and taking super expensive drugs and making them worth, well, affordable for the average man. Again, I can't give all the detail, but as he explained it on that show, it's pretty cool. Like, you know, you might have um, diabetes uh, uh, medication worth $400. He's going to make it so it's worth like $12. Mm -hmm. I mean, easily done generically. But again, big pharma, you know, and all the lobbying and the way they're protected to gouge people and make ridiculous amounts of money. But just another thing that Mark Cuban, Mm. a guy with money, is, uh, you know, doing something good for the world. Finally, somebody doing something good. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Thanks to Carla Collins, Tim Niblett for appearing on this program. Uh, of course, it's a Humble and Fred weekend. We'll have your email show and read a few of the uh, thoughts and comments from people who had lots of thoughts and comments on things we said this week. I think including Gilligan's Island. Uh, we're back on Monday. Dan Duran. This episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by Architect Outdoor Living, The Retirement Sherpa, The Chambers Plan, Bodog, Aaron Ventures, evnet.ca, Palma Pasta, and Stretch Lab Toronto. We read all those emails. That's tomorrow. There's a Palma Pasta monthly prize if you participate. Humble and Fred at humbleandfredradio.com. Tell us what you think. Like, subscribe. That helps us out, and we do appreciate it. For Humble and Fred, I'm Reptilian Dan Duran, and want you to enjoy every goddamn day. There's a destination a little up the road from the habitations of the towns we know. A place we saw the lights turn low, the jigsaw jazz in the get fresh flow. Pulling out jobs and jamboree handouts, two turntables and a microphone. Bottles and cans, or just clap your hands, or just clap your hands. Where's that?